Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Last night, Trump confessed he had documents at Mar-a-Lago. Last night, Trump boasted he had documents at Mar-a-Lago. Last night, Trump said they should give it all back to him because it's all his, thus contradicting his other claims that material was planted. He is openly defying the law. He is all but daring Merrick Garland to indict him and arrest him. He is campaigning on breaking the law. He is campaigning on getting away with breaking the law. He is campaigning to get people elected who will protect him from the consequences of breaking the law. He is campaigning on the Justice Department's unwritten rule not to indict him while there is campaigning. This can wait no longer. Arrest Trump today. Mr. Attorney General, this, this is a goddamned confession. I had a small number of boxes in storage at Mar-a-Lago guarded by Secret Service and my people and everybody. I mean, it's safe. There is no crime. You know, there is no crime. It's not a crime. And 
They should give me immediately back everything that they've taken from me because it's mine. It's mine. They took it from me. Trump last night at his Klan rally in Mesa, Arizona. For two months now, Trump has been simultaneously boasting of committing crimes with impunity while stalling in every way imaginable to prevent being prosecuted. And at this point, his primary accomplice in that is Merrick Garland. Mr. Attorney General, do your job. And Mr. President, if he will not do his job, fire him and put somebody in there who will, because every day this goes on, Trump's sense of untouchability, his supporters' sense of untouchability grows, and it is now growing exponentially. And this is not merely a question of putting in jail the most dangerous criminal in the history of this country, the man who has done more damage to our nation than all the terrorists put together. This is about the survival of the democracy. He confesses. He boasts. He defies. He lies. He taunts. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. And now we find out he bargains. The New York Times reporting that when in 2021... The National Archives began to demand the return of its documents, our goddamn documents. Trump told advisors that he would agree to return the stolen documents, provided that the National Archives would then give him all the classified documents pertaining to the FBI investigation of Trump's 2016 election interference conspiracy with Russia. And we as a nation continue to treat this scumbag with kid gloves because... There's an election in a month in which he's not running because the real issue here is just getting the documents back and secured and prosecution is incidental because there are institutional reluctances to prosecute a former president, which translates as if you can prosecute a former president, you sure as hell can prosecute a former attorney general. Right, Merrick? Because you fear the Republicans will investigate the Department of Justice or the Republicans will investigate the White House? Or you fear his supporters will riot? If given a congressional majority, the Republicans will do all that anyway. They have given up trying to govern anymore. Outrage, conspiracy theory, and the never-fulfilled promise of the imminent bombshell indictment just around a corner. That's all they are. And remember the golden rule of real life. Just because you do not hit the bully... That does not mean the bully will not hit you. The bully hits you because he is a bully. And still the Department of Justice investigates and investigates and investigates. Trump confesses, he boasts, he defies, he lies, he taunts, he bargains, and we investigate. Rolling Stone reported Friday night something that confirmed my analysis from Friday morning that the DOJ is clearly preparing for a search of Trump Tower in New York or the Trump Golf Course and Discount Cemetery in New Jersey, whether it happens or not, they seem to be ready for it. Quoting, federal investigators have asked multiple witnesses if they knew whether Trump had stashed any highly sensitive government documents at Trump Tower in Manhattan or at his private club in Benminster, New Jersey, says a person familiar with the matter and another source briefed on the situation. Rolling Stone continues. The FBI, according to these sources, had also asked in recent months whether the ex-president had a habit of transporting classified documents from his Florida estate Mar-a-Lago to other Trump properties. The images of the FBI blocking off Fifth Avenue 
and swarming through Trump Tower or going to Bedminster and asking, hey, what you got in that box buried next to the first tee? These are delightful images until you remember the context. We seem now to be investigating for the sake of investigating. The August 8th search of Mar-a-Lago, two months, two days ago, produced reports of missing documents as harrowing as Putin or Zelensky or Biden invoking tactical nuclear weapon use in Ukraine. The sheer volume of material stolen was enough to make all of us who have long known the worst about Trump blanch. That the compromise from the Department of Justice was to say, just leave these 103 documents to us and the special master can look at all the other documents and Trump can have back and anything else he wants, spoke to the extraordinary nature of those 103 documents. And what has happened since Mar-a-Lago was searched under these circumstances? Trump has fundraised off it. Trump has proclaimed himself the victim, the violated, the martyred off of it. Trump has boasted off of it. Trump has defied. Trump has lied. Trump has taunted. Trump has bargained. And Trump has now confessed. And the Department of Justice? It has contemplated. It has contemplated more searches instead of arresting this creature and frog-marching him out of one of these fascist rallies. Because now, Trump is bringing to these fascist rallies the kind of pure, unadulterated authoritarianism of people like Jim Marchant, fresh from the conspiracies of QAnon and the Republican candidate for Secretary of State in Nevada and the chairman of a coalition of vermin running for Secretary of State positions around the country whose goal, if elected, is to destroy elections. So emboldened by the last seven years so emboldened by the failure to act against Trump in any way that at Trump's rally Saturday, this scum marchant didn't even pretend anymore that what he and the other conspirators were plotting were anything less than the overthrow of the American electoral system. Last year, I established a MAGA, America First coalition of Secretary of State candidates around the country. If we get all of our Secretaries of State elected around the country like this, we take our country back. By any means, we have the power to act against Trump and in so doing to send the marchants and his fellow travelers and his little bullies scurrying back into the shadows from which they emerged. And what are we doing with that power? We are waiting. Trump's candidate for governor of Arizona, this Carrie Lake, not only let them take a picture of her last night, vacuuming the red carpet in front of Trump's photo op stand, but she let them tweet it. She could not have more loudly screamed, I am a subservient member of a cult if she had had them tweet out a photo of her with a ball gag in her mouth. The clock is ticking on our ability to save this democracy. The time to act is one year and nine months ago. The second best time to act is today. Unless you want Trump to confess. Oh, wait, right. 
He just did. Still ahead on Countdown, there is a small problem with the passport of the suspect the Russians say blew up their bridge. It's a fake. Gonna need some new members of the Los Angeles City Council. You will not believe what they said. Do we really think Mehmet Oz gave his speech standing next to Hitler's car by accident? Mm, That's no boating accident. Sports, the New York Mets season ends eerily. Ear today and gone tomorrow. Wait till next year. Eh, they got waxed. And 30 years since I met my late friend Elizabeth Montgomery. What a hoot she was. The practical joke she played on my parents and the story of a cherished friendship. All that is next. This is Countdown. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Countdown with Keith Oberman. Still ahead, let's stop with the euphemisms and call Tommy Tuberville and Kanye West what they truly are. 
First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. Great news from New York. Theodore, the big German shepherd puppy mix who was on the kill list for Saturday morning, was saved at literally the last minute. This time it's Boomer in the North Central Shelter in L.A. We don't know if he was surrendered by his human because he had a bad paw and a bad front leg or if he had a bad paw and a bad front leg because of something that human did to him. But he's 13 months old, about 75 pounds. He has kennel stress and he may lose the paw or even the leg. In fact, he may lose his life. He needs pledges for medical treatment and obviously for rescue. Boomer will be the pinned tweet at my account for dogs in need at Tom Jumbo Grumbo. If you can't pledge, that's okay. Just retweeting that tweet will help him very much. And thank you very much. Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some insights, some snark. Dateline, the Kerch Bridge, the only link between Crimea and Russia, the pride of Vladimir Putin. That's the one with the big hole in it. So please remember to merge left, as Putin called it an act of terrorism. You started a war, buddy. This is what happens in wars. The Kremlin has released what it says is the Ukrainian passport of the person they claim blew it up. One problem. The passport they released is a cut and paste job from Wikipedia. It's literally the sample passport shown on the Wikipedia page titled Ukrainian Passport. They didn't even change the signature or some of the identifying numbers. Dateline Kiev. Meanwhile, the Ukrainian government rushed out a new postage stamp and displayed a giant poster version of it showing the Kerch Strait Bridge with two big fireballs at either end of it. Dateline Boca Royale, Florida. That's where the disgraced former U.S. General Michael Flynn still lives and from where he presumably made these remarks reminding us that he is loyal to the United States. No, not, it's not as much. He's loyal to Russia, to the Kremlin, to Putin, and bluntly, they give him a woody. These are not uh, shy leaders. These are bold leaders who have every uh, everything at stake in terms of protecting their country. So... These these fools and I and like I said about Zelensky and his statement about nuclear war, and people can go to the various telegram and or my various social media and see it. That that is a foolish person. But what's more what's more uh, dangerous than that is a is a dangerous fool. A little projection from Mike at the end there. But a reminder, MAGA is rooting for Russia, which reminds us to wonder what happens to Ukraine if the Republicans and fascists regain the White House, and especially what happens if they do. And in, say, ooh, March 2025, Russia attacks Poland. Whose side are we on then? One other point, the U.S. military could recall Mike Flynn to active service and court-martial him, and that is damn well overdue. Dateline Los Angeles, going to need a new city council president. In leaked audio, Democrat Nuri Martinez dismisses the district attorney, quote, F that guy, he's with the blacks, she says. She also called the adopted two-year-old African-American son of another council member a, quote, little monkey in Spanish and said he deserved a beatdown. Fellow council members Kevin DeLeon and lame duck Gil Cedillo and L.A. Labor Federation President Ron Herrera do nothing but agree with her. The apologies and excuses have been issued. They are insufficient. They all have to resign today. 
Dateline Boston, can we tell that a new COVID wave is coming because people are getting whiny when they write Amazon reviews for scented candles and perfume? Apparently the answer is yes. Northeastern University put out a study in June indicating that large numbers of people get COVID infections so minor that they barely notice them, but they still screw with their sense of smell. So reviews that read, this candle has no scent, or what's wrong with this weak perfume, will increase even slightly in the weeks and even months ahead of a surge. Why is that relevant? Take a guess. Go read the reviews on Amazon for Yankee-scented candles. Like half of them read, I can barely smell this. Get your bivalent booster. I got mine Friday. Warning, I think it hurts more than the previous four did. And if you need more convincing, Ron DeSantis's Surgeon General of Florida, Dr. Joseph Ladapo, pushing a study, not peer-reviewed, he claims his reason to recommend against anybody under 40 getting the vaccine. Ladapo, DeSantis, and Florida have been wrong about everything about COVID for two and a half years, so take Ladapo's word for it and go get your bivalent. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, the San Diego Padres beat my New York Mets six to nothing to win the National League Wild Card Series two games to one last night. The game was not as close as the score indicates. Or so I've heard. One hit, only one Met showing the slightest sign of life. The start at the bottom of the sixth inning with the spin rate for San Diego pitcher Joe Musgrove running about 25% higher than his average for the season. Mets manager Buck Showalter got umpire Alfonso Marquez to check Musgrove's ears for a foreign substance. After the first inning facing Musgrove, Showalter had been seen looking at some of the baseballs that Mets hitters had faced. Outfielder Andrew McCutcheon of Milwaukee explained on Twitter, quote, I guarantee Musgrove has red hot on his ears. Pitchers use it as a mechanism to stay locked in during games, but in no way is it sticky. It was a lobe blow. Looks like all the Mets found was earwax, which is pretty much all that us Mets fans found, too, as the season ends eerily. Thank you, Nancy Faust. Speaking of using Red Hot, our oldest Chapman, the great relief pitcher of years past, used to soak his entire body in it so he would sweat constantly, no matter whether it was warm or cold. And it is six years since the Yankees traded him to the Chicago Cubs for four prospects, including Glaber Torres, and then Chapman helped the Cubs to win the World Series. And then he went back to the Yankees as a free agent for $86 million over five years. Wednesday, after the regular season ended, Chapman flew home to Miami and did not return for the Yankees' pre-playoff workout Saturday. He was at best a long shot to make the postseason roster anyway, since he mailed it in all year and even went on the injured list once with an infection from a tattoo. But 
that yesterday the Yankees gave him the bye Felicia, and while not officially suspending him, they told him just to stay in Miami. He'll be a free agent again this winter, but there is an excellent chance his career is over. And if this is not sports in the year 2022, I don't know what is. At practice, Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors clocks teammate Jordan Poole, hits him hard enough to make him forget his name and address. The video leaks. The Warriors immediately launch an investigation of... Green? The punch? Maybe even Poole? No, the leak. Green was not suspended. He apologized and was then allowed to step away from the team for a few days. And he had the gall to complain that the video leaked. Doesn't anybody notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Coming up, my friend Elizabeth Montgomery and the life lesson she taught me of that I think of every day. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the... Wait, I got something in my ear. Wait a minute. I got something in my ear here. The bronze. There is still no good reason for Alabama to be its own state. Could have remained part of Mississippi. Then we'd only have two idiot senators from there instead of four. Miss Alabama would probably still have elected Tommy Tuberville anyway. He fits, even for a college football coach. He was stupid and corrupt. If you haven't heard this, stand by a second. This is Tommy Tuberville explaining not only that Democrats are pro-crime, but the Democrats support reparations so that the people who get reparations, which he identifies as criminals, so those people will get, well, basically, the white folks' money. Some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Bullshit. They are not owed that. The most amazing part of Tuberville's textbook, Inbred Cracker KKK Unadulterated Racism, there is... Most national media headlined that story, Tuberville claims Democrats are pro-crime, leaving out the unmistakable meat of his claim that Democrats are trying to get reparations for the people he says cause crime. Reparations are supposed to be for African-Americans whose ancestors and whose current lives were afflicted by slavery. The real headline here is Tuberville says all African-Americans are criminals. Call him what he is. This is a white supremacist in the U.S. Senate and a stupid one. LeBron's Republican fascist Senate candidate from Pennsylvania draws Mehmet Oz. Just as he was starting to get some late momentum in that race, guess what? He gave a speech at the Lion Auto Museum in Southern California, hosted by Matt Gates's brother-in-law, and Oz gave his speech while standing next to Adolf Hitler's car, the touring car Mercedes-Benz made for Hitler in 1939 that Hitler kept at Berchtesgaden. Now, since even Mehmet Oz is not stupid enough to give a speech while accidentally standing next to Adolf Hitler's car, I'm afraid I'm going to have to conclude that he gave a speech while deliberately standing next to Adolf Hitler's car. Hard to believe anybody could top those two idiots, but our winner is Kanye West. Big week for the big guy. Wore a White Lives Matter shirt at a fashion event. 
claimed Sean Combs was controlled by, quote, the Jewish people that told you to call me. Was a special guest on Tucker Carlson's show, apparently so for once, Tucker Carlson would not be the one on there speaking unintelligible dribble. West hinted that somebody knew the Uvalde shooting was going to happen in advance. Then West took a shot at Mark Zuckerberg, claiming he had him removed from Instagram. Then he went back on Twitter, apparently for the first time in two years, got a welcome back to Twitter, my friend from Elon Musk, who has officially staked out the I am always wrong about everything crown on the site. And then, as you probably know, West tweeted, and it sounds worse when it's read aloud, so here it goes, quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Caps on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone who ever opposes your agenda. First, it's DEFCON 3, not DEFCON 3, you frickin' imbecile. Secondly, Twitter deleted the tweet and locked his account. Frankly, he needs to be banned from Twitter outright and permanently. Lastly, unexpected collateral damage. Rather amazingly, Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita self-immolated, tweeting last night that the left, quote, have now gone after Kanye for his new fashion line, his independent thinking, and for having opposing thoughts from the norm of Hollywood. I did not see any politician publicly endorsing anti-Semitism after Kanye West was banned from Twitter, but there you are. I guess the man is talented, or he was. I don't know. I'll defer to whatever you think. It doesn't really matter. But there's no amount of talent in the world that can justify permitting him to continue to push this agenda everywhere. Anti-Semitic? Other conspiracy theories, hatred and abuse of African-Americans, which if it came from a white guy would be branded correctly as racism, and his embarrassing turn as a political prostitute, a whore used by Donald Trump to, unsuccessfully as it proved, siphon off Biden votes in 2020. Kanye West also shows signs of profound mental illness, but guess what? I don't care anymore. I think the situation in our nation is too grave for any of us to care anymore about Kanye West. He must pay somebody to look out for them. Let them worry about him. We have to stop thinking in terms of what happens to people when we stop them from using their platforms to foment hatred and vendettas and racism and anti-Semitism and conspiracy theories and Trump. We have to end their professional careers. And if that makes them feel even more martyred or more persecuted or more canceled, so what? We're going to have to break some eggs. Kanye West. We need to turn him into... Hey, whatever happened to Kanye West? Or was it Kane West? Didn't he used to be a big thing a couple years ago? Today's worst person in the world! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. To the number one story on the countdown and my favorite subject, me and things I promised not to tell. I have found myself telling her story three times in the last 10 days. I just bought a new copy of the movie in question, and so I thought I would tell you the story now. Plus, I find she made her Broadway debut 69 years ago this Thursday. Do you know her name? Elizabeth Montgomery. One of the most famous actresses of the 1960s and 1970s. Star of the TV series Bewitched. Daughter of a famous actor, Robert Montgomery, and my friend from early on the morning of January 14, 1992, until she died in the spring of 1995. Our friendship happened only because of one thing. My sister had given me a book about one of our favorite topics the never-to-be-solved mystery of Lizzie Borden and the Borden family axe murders of 1892 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Yes, we're weird. And also the fact that Elizabeth Montgomery had played Lizzie Borden in a TV movie. So on January 14, 1992, as I sat waiting for our flight to leave ICJFK Airport in New York for my then-home in Los Angeles, and I began to read from my airplane seat my sister's gift from the aisle... From the last one to board, I hear the voice of Elizabeth Montgomery saying to me, Ooh, Keith, you're reading about me. She was a gas. My brief but eternal friendship with Lizzie Montgomery and the eternal lesson she taught me. In one moment, please, while I first explain what I was doing on that flight. A month or two earlier, I had agreed to join ESPN to co-host SportsCenter with Dan Patrick starting in late March 1992. I had just finished up three financially rewarding but soul-sucking years at Channel 2 in Los Angeles, and I was going to go to Hawaii for three months and just lie there until I felt better. 
On Monday, December 30th, 1991, I had literally just opened my address book to find the number of a travel agent I knew to make the Hawaii arrangements. I was reaching for the phone when the phone rang. It was my business agent who had just gotten off the phone with my new ESPN boss, John Walsh. He and they were launching a new radio network in five days. I found this interesting, but not particularly relevant. ESPN was one thing then. It was one TV network. No magazine, no radio, no ESPN, the Ocho. So this was their first big move outwards. The radio network would start with only two seven-hour shows on Saturday and Sunday nights. And Walsh explained to my agent that everything was going great, and they were right on target, and they had great guests lined up for the first weekend, like Ronald Reagan, and they only had one tiny problem. They needed three hosts, and they had two terrific hosts, just terrific hosts. One Keith worked with named Tony Bruno, and another terrific, just terrific host from Providence named Chuck Wilson, and they tried this guy as the third host, and that guy, and this guy, and that guy, and all told, 40 different people had tried out to be hosts. They had nobody, nobody to be the third host who was any good. Could Keith just come here just for the first weekend, just to get it off the ground? Then he can go back to L.A. and come back here in March, take over Center, please, 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 can Keith help us? Please, because if he can, I don't know what on earth we're going to do. Oh, please, please, please. As I said to my agent, well, all right, I suppose. At least, way at least, ESPN will always think of me as a team player. <laughs> so instead of going to Hawaii in January, I go to Bristol, Connecticut in January. And I go stay at my folks' house outside New York City, and a friend I had recommended to help ESPN launch their radio network offers me a ride up to ESPN for the weekend, and it's like 20 degrees, and we get out of his car in his parking lot, and three spots over getting out of his car in the parking lot is Chris Berman, who I went to high school with, and already in January 1992, when I'm not quite 33 years old, I already know Chris for 20 years, and before I can say, hey, he screams, listen. We have a good thing going here. Don't F it up. And I say, good to see you too, Chris. And I remind myself it's only till Monday. And I meet the gang, and then I go to the hotel, and the hotel is beige. The walls are beige. The carpets are beige. The guests are beige. The food is beige. The only thing that isn't beige is the six inches of snow that falls overnight. And I remind myself it's only till Monday. The launch of the network on Saturday goes well. They have me interview Ronald Reagan about something in football. The Sunday night show is going well, too, and we're trying to figure out where the big baseball free agent of that winner, Danny Tartable, is going to sign. And we're interviewing Bobby Valentine, who was the manager of the Texas Rangers. And they were one of the teams rumored to be a likely landing for Tartable. And I asked Valentine, he says, no, not anymore. They just canceled their trip. I was supposed to go meet them at the airport tonight. I think he signed with somebody else. And the alarm bells go off in my head. And I tell the producer, let's call everybody we know in baseball. And put them on and figure out where Danny Tartable is going. I have a source who knows his agent. Let me call him. We'll go story chasing. So we spend four hours following a story in real time, and it's great radio. And we're coming up on the last hour, and our guests have helped us eliminate like 30 teams out of 28. But we're not sure where Tartable is going still. And the producer says, if only we had his home phone number. And I look at the producer and go, oh, crap. Sorry. And I grabbed my address book and I explained he, he was my co-host, Tartable was, on, on some of our baseball postgame shows in L.A. last year. Uh, I'm sorry, I forgot I, I had his number all this time. Hang on. So I called Danny Tartable, and just as our last hour on Sunday night is starting, he calls me back and I say to him, look, 
We know you've decided. It's all over baseball. It's got to be the Phillies, the Mets, or the Yankees. And he's saying correctly, I can't tell you. And I said, give me one guess and just tell me if I'm wrong and I will call you a source close to the negotiations. That's all. And he says, okay. And I say, is it a team that wears pinstripes? And of course, the Phillies, the Mets, and the Yankees all wear pinstripes. So he laughs and he says, yes. And I say, is it the team I grew up a fan of? And he says, what team did you grow up a fan of? And by the way, the phone call is taking place with me on the floor of the studio in which the other two hosts are live on the new radio network. So I whisper to Tartable, if I say it's the Yankees, am I wrong? And he says, I can't tell you and starts whispering. But off the record, the press conference is Wednesday at Yankee Stadium. Is that enough for you, you bastard? And, of course, I said, no, come on the show and tell us. Come on. And he laughs and says, I'll see you Wednesday, and hangs up. And I get up, and I sit in the vacant chair, and I can say, breaking news, ESPN report uh, now that the free agent outfielder Danny Tartable has agreed to a multi-year deal with the New York Yankees. Sources close to the negotiations say there will be a press conference Wednesday at Yankee Stadium. And the other hosts are trying not to crack up because they know I've just been talking to Tartable from the phone in the same room with them. Well, this story explodes way more than it deserved. It's a dull Sunday night. It's still early enough in the evening that the story makes all the Monday newspapers, and it's attributed not to ESPN or to SportsCenter, but to the brand new ESPN radio network on its second day in business. And it's on the front page of USA Today and the New York Times. New ESPN radio network makes splash with Tartable Scoop the next morning, and I can't tell you how big a deal that was back then in 1992. So now instead of going back to L.A. on Monday and maybe to Hawaii on Tuesday, as I had planned, I have to go to the press conference at Yankee Stadium to say hi to Tartable on Wednesday and sort of thank him for the scoop. And on Tuesday, this guy John Walsh from ESPN calls me and my agent says, look, we have to take advantage of this. It's the best possible start we could have hoped for for the radio network. Keith has to stay with us for the next three months. Why doesn't he stay and and do this weekend and then go back to L.A. and pack up his apartment, then come back here the weekend after that? And, 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 and I say again to my agent, well, at least ESPN will always think of me as a team player if I do this. (laughs) So I am not in Hawaii, and instead I am on board this flight when Elizabeth Montgomery walks down the aisle and sees my Lizzie Borden book given to me by my sister and says, ooh, Keith, you're reading about me. Hi, I'm Lizzie Montgomery. I'm a big fan of yours. Is that seat taken? And I say, the hell if I care, sit down. And the only time we're not talking for the next six hours is when we are drinking. I believe, if I remember this correctly, they had to send up a champagne refueling flight halfway to L.A., And she's a huge sports fan. Her father was a founder of one of the Southern California horse racing tracks. And she loves the Lakers. And she thinks she was related to Lizzie Borden. Did I ever see the European version of her Lizzie Borden film where they show the wide shots where they make it look like she's nude? And I say, I'm absolutely certain I have not. And her son and her driver and her Rolls Royce meet us at LAX. And she wants me to see her house. And then her driver and her Rolls Royce will give me a lift home. And oh, by the way, she's flying back to New York in a week. Should we become flying buddies? On that trip, our flight gets canceled, and we have to find a new one. I'm hand-carrying a lot of my more valuable baseball cards, including like 500 different from the year 1909, and she wants to see them. And she wants me to tell her something about each player while we drink again. And we land, and she says, how are you getting to your folks' house? 
And I say, well, I'm going to get a, a car here or something. And she says, no, you're not. I'll give you a lift in my limo. I'm going right past your house. And sure enough, we get there. And as Lizzie Montgomery's limo is taking me to my folks' house at 10 o'clock at night, she says, will they still be up, your folks? You want to play a practical joke on them? So two minutes later, I knock on the door of my childhood home and my father opens it. Instead of seeing me, it's her in the doorway and she says, Hi, Mr. Alderman. I'm Lizzie. I'm a friend of Keith's. Can he come out and play? And my dad goes silent for the only time I, in my life. And now my mother appears so Lizzie can pull the same routine on her. Hi, Mrs. Alderman. I'm Lizzie. I'm a friend of Keith's. Can he come out and play? And now my mother is silent for the only time in my life. I might add, I thought Lizzie looked fabulous, and I looked her up in Hallowell's film film guide, and I saw she was 48, and I thought, boy, she looks fabulous for 48, and then I realized my math is wrong. She was 58, and she was a joy. We talked by phone every couple of weeks after that, and she died three years later of colon cancer. But she is with me always, and not just as the proverbial force of nature. Within minutes of that day we met, January 14, 1992, she bestowed upon me a lesson, an eternal lesson. We were a little late taking off, and since she had just loudly introduced herself to me like I didn't know who she was, anybody on the plane who wasn't sure it was her was now sure. As we waited a taxi, every man on that plane came over and did the same thing. Oh, hi, Miss Montgomery, excuse me. And they give me some sort of nodding acknowledgement, like, hey, how you doing? As they lean in past me. I was a big fan of Bewitched. I know you must get asked this a million times a day, but is there any chance? I'm so sorry to ask. Could you do that little nose twitch you used to do in the show? And she would say, of course. And then she'd do it. And these men aged 20 to 100 all then giggle like schoolboys. <laughs> After the 30th or 31st time this happened, I say to her, Lizzie, I don't know you, but I like you a lot already. And your attitude towards your fans and the nose twitch is wonderful. But I have to tell you, I certainly hope that was the last of them because the next one who comes over, I'm going to have to strangle him with my bare hands because I can't take it anymore. And for the only minutes of all the time I knew her, Elizabeth Montgomery got very serious and said, Oh, no, Keith, that is not the attitude you must have about this. Remind me, what year did Bewitched go off the air? I had to guess, 1972, and she said, exactly, good, correct, 20 years ago. And these people have remembered that nose twitch for 20 years, at least. Bewitched, Keith, is not Hamlet. It is not Arthur Miller. It is not The Godfather, but they remembered it. This is why you and I both do what we do for a living. We have transcended time with what we do for a living. Something artistic, something creative, no matter how small, that we have done, they have remembered it. People do it with you, I'm sure. And I'm sure they'll continue to. And what you do then is you say, thank you for remembering as if they were the only one who ever remembered. Because that's why we do this. Because they remembered me from 20 years ago for a stupid little nose twitch. Duly chastised, I apologized. And the huge, welcoming, conspiratorial, permanent friendship, sexy smile of Elizabeth Montgomery broke across her face like the sunrise. And she whispered, Either that, Keith, or they saw Bewitched on cable last week, which means Lizzie gets another check next week. 
and she twitched her nose at me. And I will always love her. I've done all the damage I can do here. Help me out. Subscribe to this podcast or give it five stars or tell a random passerby. Most of the music, including our theme from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel, who are the Countdown musical directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray, produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Ulberman theme from ESPN2, and it was written by Mitch Warren Davis, appears courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was John Dean, and everything else is pretty much my fault. That's Countdown for this, the 643rd day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government in the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Till then, I'm Keith Ulberman. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. And good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.